Hello, dear listeners. Today in the studio, Ksenia and Maite. And today we continue talking about sex education. If you missed the first episodes, you can find them on our page, Mushtarafem, on any platform for podcasts. We shared our concerns about sex education and also asked our friends around the world about their experience and opinion. And today we are going to discuss another stigmatized topic. Period. This might seem hard to believe, but right now, more or less 300 million women across the planet are experiencing the same thing. The period. And I am one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are not going to give you biological lessons and tell you how and why our bodies work, even for, you know, some people really yes. need it. Because we will discuss it later, okay? <laughs> but we would like to talk about other aspects. So, let's get started. Around the world, there is still an element of shame associated with a woman's monthly cycle. Menstruation is associated with mass, blood, impurity and disgust. Which is probably why many women say they feel uncomfortable talking about their periods. This leads to women suffering in silence when it comes to that time of the month. And unfortunately, there are numerous ways that period stigma appears in society. The discrimination faced by someone menstruating may be small or large, but it's harmful anyway, regardless of whether it's a light-hearted joke or we believe that isn't true. As a joke, period stigma manifests which accusation that a person is PMSing or menstruating if they're perceived as behaving in a sensitive, sharp or aggressive manner. Yes, people say, you're crazy. Are you on period? Yes. But maybe I'm angry. Just and freak out. Yes. yes. Yeah, it's really common thing. I also heard it a lot about, mm -hmm. okay, this is PMS. No, it's just because you're stupid and I'm annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> True. And also politicians have claimed that menstruating people don't function as well at work, an idea that has no basis in reality. But that's true, I also really often heard it, like, woman cannot be a president, how it's possible, you know, once per month, like one week per month, she's crazy, she cannot manage the country. <laughs> yeah, but it's not true, come on, of we can't do not. everything. But this is unfortunately common delusion. In a more serious and life-altering way, in traditional Jewish culture, when someone is on their period, they must sleep separately from husbands due to being impure for the duration of menstruation. Can you imagine? Maybe it's an excuse. Until bathing afterward in a specific pool. Other religions have historically had rules discriminating against menstruating people too. And of course, we will talk about different myths around the world in more detail later. And there is even stigma and misinformation around sanitation supplies themselves, such as the notion that using a tampon will take someone's virginity. Come on. <laughs> yeah, this is, again, ignorance and lack yes. of education. 
When someone needs a supply such as a tampon, they generally ask a friend or colleague in a harsh tone so that others don't hear, like, oh, sorry, do you have me? Yes, and I remember when I was in the school, when I had to go to the bathroom, I hide my pad or my tampon. Yes. Because for this kind of stigma, but mm -hmm. now no. Yeah, and uh, even adults still mm -hmm. do. I think always, or maybe Cortex, they did special cases for pets. Mm -hmm. It was ah, kind of yes. advertisement also. Mm -hmm. You can buy a package of pets and uh, get this case mm -hmm. to hide. Yes, but come on. Every month we have the period and it's normal. We have to use these menstrual products. For sure, menstruation is normal and natural and <laughs> occurring monthly for about 40 years. Mm -hmm. And the stigma around it serves no useful purpose. Of course, my favorite section, <laughs> nicknames. Periods go by many nicknames, but hardly ever by the term periods itself. As we already discussed, uh, that's usual when mm -hmm. something is stigmatized. Always people use nicknames. But, of course, it even makes more problems around the topic. So, Maite, do you use some nicknames in Spain? For sure, we do. I sometimes call my period my friend mm -hmm. because every month she's with me and she's my friend. <laughs> And sometimes I call her, oh, her, okay, for me it's feminine, her, I don't know. My period is called Ines, because in Spanish Ines. we, yes, we say Ines Roja, because she has last name, mm -hmm. because we have these rhymes mm -hmm. with month, because month in Spanish is mes, and Ines, mi amiga, la de cada mes. In English, Could be Ines, my friend, to visit me every month. Mm -hmm. Also, I heard friends call the period Andres for the same reason. <laughs> and sometimes, and the last name is Ines Roja Red because mm -hmm. you know the blood is red. And I don't know these silly names. I use more my friend because <laughs> it's part of me. It's my friend. Yeah, it's funny. But is it common in general that people don't say? Yes, straight? maybe they say I in my days mm -hmm. or something like that. But for example, in my surroundings, we say no, I'm on period. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's normal. So we also in Russia definitely use them a lot, as also for genitals, we discussed it mm -hmm. in the first episode. But frankly, it's difficult for me to remember some, because usually, for example, I used these days, just like, oh, I have these days, and not specific words. But I'm sure, like, people use a lot of silly nicknames, especially with word red. And also we have uh, the name of city, one of the cities in Russia, and it starts with the word red in Russian. And for this reason, sometimes people say, oh, I have guests from this city. <laughs> It's uh, like so strange, really. <laughs> But, But also sometimes, for example, people say, I'm sick. Mm -hmm. If it comes to some activities, for example, in school, I remember like, oh, I cannot go to physical education lesson because I'm sick today or something. I cannot go to the beach. I'm sick. That's also a bit strange, but... Yeah, because the menstruation is, is not, not a, <laughs> a disease. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. And also I found some popular nicknames on the Internet. So Red Wedding for Game of Thrones fans, of course. <laughs> Shark Week, 
probably because, you know, after <laughs> meeting with shark, <laughs> there is okay. the same amount of <laughs> blood. I am in my shark week. Okay. <laughs> shark week. Strange. Yeah, it's strange. Also just neutral time of the month. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Like these days. And my favorite, Carrie. If you're a fan of Stephen King, <laughs> you will get it. In this case, you can remember the prom scene in Carrie where her schoolmates play a prank on her and her white dress is covered in pig's blood. And also code red, girl flu, and aunt Flo. <laughs> aunt Flo? <laughs> so funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of silly nicknames. Again, refusing to speak about menstruation in a straightforward way. We support the idea. It isn't acceptable to discuss it plainly. And uh, we, again, support this shame and stigma around the topic, especially when we are talking with kids, I think. It's uh, the same as Mm -hmm. uh, we were talking about genitals or sex. That's really bad. I have a story about that because I remember when I was a child, maybe I, I was six years old, my mom was on period and she asked me if I can take a bath from her back or something like that. I don't mm-hmm. remember exactly. My mom was in the bathroom and my cousin was with us. My cousin started to cry because she saw the blood and she asked to my mom, why are you bleeding? bleeding la, la, la. And I was younger than her two years. And my mom was surprised because for us it's very normal situation, the period. Mm-hmm. And she explained her, no, I'm not bleeding. It's I'm not peri- dying. Yes, I'm not dying. It's the period. It's normal. Every month we have this situation. I kept this memory in my mind because for me it was so shocked. Not for the period. Mm-hmm. Because of behavior of your yes, cousin. Yes, exactly. Yes, for me it's also difficult to believe. Mm-hmm. But also I spoke with some friends from Russia and they also told that for some of them or for their friends, it was a shock really because nobody talked with them. Nobody explained. You know, they were not really ready for this because just one day, yes. okay, probably it's not the same nowadays because of mm-hmm. the internet and you have, you know, access to the information. But in my childhood, it was a bit different. Really, if, for example, your parents, your mom didn't speak with you and probably you, as we already discovered, like it's really rare that in school we have uh, normal lessons. Yes. For this reason, it can be really shocking. Can mm-hmm. you imagine like just one day you wake up and suddenly... could be shock because, for example, my sister had the information because my mom always normalize the situation but when she got period first time for her was so shocked because okay it was summer she didn't want to have the period because mm-hmm. summer beach <laughs> beach maybe it's painful and for this mm-hmm. kind of reasons but yes if you don't have the information i can't imagine which thought in your yes, mind yes for sure it's really really traumatic mm-hmm. And for this reason, <laughs> the simplest action a person can take to end period stigma and also um, this lack of information is to not take part in discussion vaguely. By speaking about any topic openly, like menstruation, sex, whatever, we help to remove a societal rule against discussing it. And if you don't use cold words or harsh tones, 
those around you will grow used to hearing about menstruation as the normal and natural biological function that it is. Do you remember when you first got your period? What is traumatic for you? Honestly, I don't really remember. I don't know why. Probably because it wasn't traumatic <laughs> and because I have bad memory. But I think it was average age, like 13 or something. So it was kind of average for this reason. I don't really remember this. Also, at that time, I already knew about this topic, about period. Some information, not really deep, just, you know, some basics. <laughs> so for this reason, I wasn't shocked or something. But I also don't really remember we had a talk with mom, for example, about this topic. Probably she, I don't know, told me some information, but I don't really remember exactly this talk. But I had friends older than me, so I already heard, you know, some talks and chats about periods because, oh, I cannot go to the beach today because I'm on my period or, hmm. oh, I have to buy pets uh, in the supermarket. So something, at least something. Yes, I was the last one in my group of friends. Mm -hmm. um, okay, for me, <laughs> because I don't know, maybe I'm crazy, but for me it was a celebration. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because I was the last of my group of friends. And tomorrow, 26th of November, is my anniversary with my period. I remember the day people <laughs> Anniversary. Can't, yes, people can't remember the exactly the day, but I can't. The can. age, even. I don't remember <laughs> the age. <laughs> I was 13 years, and my birthday is 26th of October, and I have 13 years and one month. Exactly. <laughs> and I remember uh, when I got the period, I told my mom and my sister, and I called my grandmother to tell her, Grandma, <laughs> I'm a woman, because, you know, people say if ah, when yes, you have true. the period the first night, you become woman. Especially in religious stuff, like, for example, mm -hmm. in Muslim cultures, they have to start wearing scarf, or yes. how to call it, mm -hmm, because, true. like, you're already a woman, not mm -hmm. a child anymore. Yes, and I call all my family, like my dad, my grandmother. And of course, next day in the school, I told to my friends, like, okay, I am with period. So you was proud of Yes, this. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> because I, I don't know, because in my group of friends, it was normal. And it was good thing to have the period because that was like you are an adult or something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. I don't really remember we discussed it among us or something, not really, just like a problem, you know, oh, I'm in my period, I, mm -hmm. I, I cannot do something. And also, that's true, it was uh, shamed, it wasn't really normal to talk about it. I also even remember my grand-grandma when she saw the advertisement on TV, something about pets, I don't really remember, but you know, advertisement on TV. It's just, I don't know, happy girls in white clothes, yes. uh, like singing, dancing and so on. But it was showed like some pets or tampons. I don't remember. And she was so shocked. She was like so, I don't know, not angry, but, you know, a bit annoyed. Like, oh, how dare them? How we can show it on TV? Such a shame, such a shame. And she was repeated it like, <laughs> rapidly yeah I can say I grew up in this uh, you know vibes and <laughs> surrounding like when this topic was stigmatized definitely there are a lot of myths around the world and okay one of the myths my mom used nowadays mm -hmm. because she believes in 
that meat is real, but doesn't make sense. So which one? It's about you. If you are on period, you cannot touch the plants. <laughs> I have never heard about this. <laughs> yes, I don't know why, but she, I remember, tell me, don't touch my plants because if you touch my plants, they will die. Why? How is connected? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe because you are impure. Uh, uh, okay, like in religion, if, yes. Yes, if you touch. Honestly, I know only some uh, religious uh, myths, not only in Muslim countries, but also, for example, in Russia. I know that if you are on your period, you cannot go to the church. Yes, because, true. again, you are impure and you cannot, you know, enter this Yes, in some building. countries, uh, people can't go to the kitchen or yeah. sacred places or yes this i also heard like you shouldn't cook during your period because it's gonna be not tasty or something yes for example in japan uh-huh. they can't cook sushi only sushi okay maybe other dishes but in japan they uh, they have this only men can cook good sushi mm-hmm. because women, when they are on period, they change their taste or something like ah, that. Okay. And they have this myth around women. And for that reason, okay, maybe nowadays there are more and more women cooking sushi mm-hmm. in restaurants. But one of the excuses... Mm-hmm. To tell them, okay, you cannot cook Mm -hmm. sushi, is this. Okay, if we're talking about career, that's really bad and sad, but it also can be an excuse to not cook, you know. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, at home. (laughs) It's good. Oh, no, I can't cook because, okay, I'm, I'm on period. Of course, I cannot help but talk about advertising because it's in some way the reflection, the mirror of our life, of our Mm -hmm. time. So let's take a look at the evolution of period advertising throughout the years to see how far we are really come or not. (laughs) And yes, we already mentioned that in my childhood, advertisement was like this. Girls always in white dresses, I don't know why, jeans. No, in my commercial, they wear red dresses, but they are working in a white background. (laughs) And yes, always we're so, you know, happy, so active, so like the best days of my life. Yes, and I remember one of the sentences they use in this kind of commercials in Spain. It could be in English. What is the smell of the clouds? (laughs) What is the smell of the clouds when you are on period? Come on. Uh, It doesn't make any sense. No. Okay, but actually... Ads for menstrual products were banned on TV and radio until 1972. Can you imagine? Frustrated by the inability to market their products, a number of brands worked to break the ban set by National Association of Broadcasters. This association finally lifted the ban and Scott Confidence, I have no idea what is it, this brand, was the first menstrual hygiene product to be advertised on TV. But despite getting the green light, brands were restricted from what they could say on the air and could not make any reference to, for example, absorbency, cleanliness, anatomy, comfort, <laughs> application, and uh, a lot of things. So leaving them with just generalized statements. I cannot imagine how can you... <laughs> 
But nowadays, they use the hand when they want to explain how to apply the tampon, for example, they mm -hmm. use the hand to do it. Oh, uh, really? you can, yes, you can use the tampon in this way and they, they use one hand to handle the tampon and the other hand to... Okay, a bit strange, still weird. Yes. <laughs> While the TV ban was lifted in 1972... It wasn't until 1985 that the word period was used. How oh it's God. possible? My sister was born in 1986 and she's, for me, young. It's really difficult to imagine. But yes, in this time, they advertised hygiene products for women and didn't use period word. <laughs> <laughs> and the first one who used it was Courtney Cox, my favorite from France. An advert for Tampax Cox told the audience, feeling cleaner is more comfortable. It can actually change the way you feel about your period. Shock content. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, advertising has traditionally portrayed menstruation as an illness or undesirable condition. For years, societal norms have implied that people should be discreet about or even ashamed of their monthly cycle. But... Fortunately, this is starting to change. Brands and influencers are increasingly using their voice to normalize menstruation, provide educational content and uh, improve access to hygiene products, especially in developing countries. For example, Kotex is an American brand, actually interesting because it was created 100 years ago, mm. when nurses at the front lines had to keep working even when they had their periods. To commemorate their anniversary, Cortex has launched a global campaign called She Can to champion women's progress. Cortex has committed to investing $2.5 million over three years to expand menstrual hygiene education and access. On Instagram, the brand called upon users to start a new cycle, free of shame and stigma, and to just call a period what it is, instead of using euphemisms like Aunt Flo. <laughs> But it's important, this kind of campings, because I remember when I was in the university, Tampax, they released a new kind of tampon, and they were in the campus, gave people tampon. They gave tampon not only to the women, also to the men. Mm -hmm. And when men ask them, why are you giving me that? They answer them, okay, because you have maybe girlfriend or maybe your mother or maybe your sister mm -hmm. can use it. Yes. The best, <laughs> the best present, right? Yes. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, we are not naive, of course. That's all about marketing, mm -hmm. first of all. But that's anyway good. I mean, for me, it doesn't matter really if people speak up, if they promote the idea and so on. Okay, probably, first of all, it's marketing, but at the end, they do good things. And also body form shifted the period paradigm with womp stories. <laughs> A beautifully short ad that explored the duality of the uterus and showed menstruation for what is it? Messy, painful and sometimes welcome relief. Highly recommend to watch it. It covered also IVF treatment, endometriosis, cramps, menopausal hot flushes, nipple hairs and first periods. So, giving a voice to the unseen, unspoken, and unknown truths about the physical experiences of women everywhere. 
That's also great. Mm-hmm. And so now you might be thinking society has come a long way in recent years. We all know periods are a fact of life for a significant part of the population. However, not everything is so great. In 2017, just four years ago, the first ad in the UK to depict real period blood, actually again body farms blood normal, sent shock waves and was banned by Facebook. In 2019, things ran a TV ad showing a tampon string hanging out of someone's underwear, which was banned by numerous TV networks following numerous user complaints. And only last year, the Tampax ad dubbed Tampons and Tea was banned in the UK and Ireland for causing widespread offense. So, while we have made progress, there is clearly a lot of ground to cover before menstruation is truly accepted. Yes, people have to accept because it's time to show the reality. The blood is red, it's not blue. Because do you you remember some advertisements, they show how to work the path, for example, and they use water or some some blue blue liquid. liquid, Yes, Yes. And I also read some common delusions or misconceptions or, I don't know, myths in which uh, men, not even boys, like adults believe. And it was so funny because really, for example, some of them wrote that they were sure Sure, this blood is blue because of advertisement. Like it's different type of blood, maybe even not blood, like different type of liquid (laughs) which we lose every month. Yes, because men in general, men, boys, they don't know anything about period. Maybe basic things, Mm -hmm. but they... They use the excuse that, ah, because it's not my problem, I don't suffer that. But you have to understand how it's working. Yeah, it's, a, it's again a ignorance. I mm-hmm. read the article where journalists collected from different forums and so on, the stories. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was <laughs> really... I. I don't know, at the same time, funny and uh, terrifying. For example, some of them wrote something like, Actually, girls wrote the story that their boyfriends were sure we can control it. And they got angry. Like, why you didn't control it? It's not time to have your period. Like, what are you thinking about? And, and so on. It's really how it's possible. So, as we discussed uh, advertisement, also I would like to talk about one more thing. Have you ever heard about tampon tax? No, maybe people don't know about tampon tax. Yeah, I think not everyone knows. But the thing is, most countries do not recognize tampons and pads as essential goods. And that's weird. And uh, activists claim that the reason is that men do not need it. (laughs) And it could be true, yes. So, tampon tax or period tax is a value-added tax or sales tax charged on tampons and other feminine hygiene products, while other products considered basic necessities are granted tax exemption status. Proponents of tax exemption argue that tampons, sanitary napkins, menstrual cups and comparable products constitute basic, unavoidable necessities for women. The term tampon tax is not of course official, but term used to call attention to the issue. 
it exists actually in, in many, many countries. Mm-hmm. Of course, in some countries, situation is changing. The tampon tax was abolished in Britain on the 1st of January 2021, following Britain's departure from the EU, meaning there is a zero rate of VAT applying to women's sanitary products. Canada removed its tampon tax in uh, 2015 following an online petition signed by thousands. EU countries are planning to remove the minimum 5% tax rate by 2022. So we are waiting for. But I don't know how it's nowadays, but I found information from only 2019 that in Hungary, women pay some 27% what when they purchase sanitary products. That's unbelievable. Yes, in Spain, tax is 10%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was surprised. I checked that in Russia is also just 10% uh, compared with standard rate of 20, so mm-hmm. it's half as much. That's good. And as we mentioned tampon tax, I also want to tell you about pink tax because it's in some way connected. So pink tax refers to the invisible cost that women have to pay for products designed and marketed specifically to them. A few years ago, the New York City Department of Consumer Affairs released a study titled From Cradle to Cane, The Cost of Being a Female Consumer. Comparing the prices of over 800 products which found that products for women cost 7% more than the same products made for men. And for personal care products, the number shot up to 13%. For the reason, there are women that they use the products for men. Yes, that's smart, actually. Yes. This phenomenon is not limited to New York, of course, or first world countries. In India, too, for example, women pay pink tax on a wide range of products and services marketed specifically to them. And, uh, of course, there are always exceptions. But, for example, most salons charge more for women's haircuts than men's. Yes, and maybe they have the same cut. The same length. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. That's so annoying for me. (laughs) And this is also true for personal care products like razors or deodorants. Some years ago, I started to use men deodorants because mm-hmm. they're really cheaper and even sometimes uh, smell is like better. Yes, and the razors is the same resource. Yes, true. It's so silly. And the price is so different. And also, for example, if you use foam for mm-hmm. shaving, oh, yes. because you can buy for women this uh, foam, I think, Gillette or some brands. Yes, true. Release it. But never mind. But actually, usually almost half more expensive than foam for men. Yeah, for and it's the same foam, but yes, with different smell. Yes, yes, for sure. It's so ridiculous. In some cases, apart from the packaging, the female version is hardly different from the generic one or male one. And again, one way to beat the pink tax is not fall for a packaging that dresses products in a pretty shade of pink to get your attention. Go for generic versions instead, especially if the difference or advantages is not huge. And uh, usually it's it. Yes. The United Nations has called for the elimination of the pink tax because it hinders the empowerment of women and girls. 
In addition, the European Parliament published a report in 2018, Gender Equality and Tax Policies in the EU, in which it urged EU countries to abolish it. The report also proposed that menstrual hygiene products should be in public spaces free of charge to end menstruation poverty and that women should have access to them regardless of their economic status. Also, I didn't know it that Scotland was the first territory in the world to implement the measure in November 2020. Just recently, but that's already a big step. Yes, because we don't use menstrual products or other products because we want. Yes, that's essential goods. So mm-hmm. it's something you, you need. But lower prices will only partly help women who face problems with access to hygiene products. I have already mentioned possible health problems due to untimely change of tampons. It should be renewed every three, four hours. And also stigma due to dirty clothes and even the inability to go to school or work during menstruation. All this happens due to their lack of free pads, tampons and menstrual cups in public places. Of course, the biggest problems are faced by women living in countries with high poverty rates. And various charitable organizations strive to provide women with free hygiene products. For example, the Zana Africa Foundation supplies tampons and pads to Kenya, where, can you imagine, one million girls miss an average of six weeks of school every year due to menstruation. That's, that's awful. And according to UNESCO, estimates 10% of girls in sub-Saharan Africa miss school during their period. Yeah, and also there is a myth around this topic. They believe when they are on period is because they have a course of, from gods. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, they cannot go to the school or to work. In Bangladesh, for example, 73% of female factory workers do not work during menstruation. And also about 17, I'm not sure about the statistics, I mean numbers, but I can imagine it's mm-hmm. true. Of diseases in India are associated with diseases of the female reproductive system, which can occur also, of course, due to poor hygiene. Yes, because they can't buy high-end products and mm-hmm. they use old clothes and maybe... Sometimes it's not clean, yes. Yes, and maybe they use when it's still wet mm-hmm. and for that reason uh, they have these yes, diseases. true. Of course, the same problems are faced by wealthy Western countries as well, in regions with high poverty rates, for example. And that's even funny in some way, you know. We never think about grabbing a roll of toilet paper, for example, from our home when we are going somewhere. Because we are sure, right? Paper is almost found in the public toilet. But when it comes to menstruation, forgotten pets can be a real problem. Especially, okay, some can say, but what's the problem? You can go to the supermarket and buy it. But For example, if we're talking about girls, not every kid have pocket money. Yes, not exactly. Not every person has money in general. So Yes, and maybe you are in the middle of the road of or nowhere, in the middle <laughs> of nowhere and you don't you cannot go to the supermarket. Yes, or it's hungry and the supermarket's closed at 6 p.m. True. <laughs> so what should you do in this case? 
the natural needs of half of the world's population are not taken into account. And honestly, for example, even rare toilets are equipped with vending machines for paid feminine hygiene products. I even not talking about uh, something for free. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes really complicated to buy it. Menstruation is not an exotic disease. It's a natural process that almost any woman of reproductive age encounters every month. So free pets in public places are not a whim, but a right for everyone, claim activists. And I totally agree. Me too. Low income and the inability to acquire hygiene products on time should not cause inconvenience to women and make them miss school or work days and tampons and pads are needed just like soap and paper towels. For example, if you go to the toilet in restaurant and there is no soap or towels, what would you do? You would be really like angry or you would go to complain like that's not I want my acceptable. Soap. Yes. What's the difference? Mm-hmm. It should be the same for feminine hygiene products. Empathy. Yeah. That is the solution. Actually, in some places, more often and often, I see this in some restaurants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have a box with pads or tampons. That's good. Yes, we believe. And also, we already mentioned education, that there is a such a big lack of education in schools and in general. And of course, it's harmful for girls. But I would like to ask, should boys be taught about periods and menstrual cycle as well at schools? Yes, they should. (laughs) Yeah, for me, the answer is also only yes, because in my opinion, it might help reduce stigma and taboo around the menstrual cycle. And also, as I already said, so many men, adults, they don't really know like anything about, I don't know, reproductive system. Yes. Do you remember when we did our program about STDs? Mm-hmm. Raymond told us, yes, I have sex education in the school, but when they talk about menstruation, they separate boys and girls. Yes, it's common situation. Mm-hmm. And also, for example, it was the same in my school. But I remember only one lesson. I already told that I didn't have any sex ed, sex education in my school. But I remember one lesson about period and so on. And of course, it was only for girls and we were separated. And the funny thing, as I remember, it was in high school. So what's the point? I was already 15. Yeah, and I, for example, I remember my one of the subjects, bi- biology. The teacher explained the period because it was part of the subject. She explained for everyone. That's, that's the point. It's usually not so deep, you know. No, no, no. But she explained well because she explained using a lot of examples. And I remember mm. she explained every every process deeply. And I remember to watch the face of my classmates, the boys, and they were afraid. <laughs> and I remember feel like we are powerful women because we <laughs> we pass this process every month and you can't say anything against us because we are more brave than you and we are more powerful yeah. and <laughs> yeah that's interesting fortunately that's not only our opinion mm-hmm. one of the most obvious reasons period education is important for everyone regardless of gender 
is to gain a scientific understanding of how bodies work. That's true. Getting to grips with what the menstrual cycle is and knowing the implications of it. Understanding fertility, pregnancy and periods will normalize what these are and what they mean. Teaching boys how periods and menstrual cycle works helps them better understand the importance of safe sex and uh, contraception, which could help prevent unwanted pregnancies uh, when they are older. Mm-hmm. And also just empathy. The yes. first thing, it's not even about unwanted pregnancies or something. Empathy, guys. <laughs> And one of the biggest problem, periods also have been a punchline for the boys in school. And sometimes even men in our adult lives view periods with disgust. And many girls worry about going to school during the time of the month. Contributing to this is boys who lack understanding of periods and resort to humor, poking fun at girls with period-related jokes. And these jokes might seem harmless, but they reinforce shame in young girls. Tearing down the stigma around periods starts with education, I'm sure. And also boys, for example, usually make these jokes just because they are also afraid. They don't understand. And that's for human beings, you know, that's the easiest way to mm-hmm. overcome something. Just make jokes about this. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, it's true. Sometimes we can't understand our own body. Mm-hmm. But if our partner or boyfriend or brothers or our friends know about the period, it's easier for us maybe to explain our feelings or our thoughts in that moment. And teaching both boys and girls about the way periods work and opening the topic up for constructive discussion is essential for clearing any of the common misconceptions. That's also really important because that's dangerous for our health as well. Yes. And by the way, there are a lot of, a lot of myths. We already mentioned some of them and misconceptions around menstruation. Yes, one of the myths is sanitary products should be kept private and covered in paper when purchasing. We talked about before when there are now uh, some brands, they have this kind of boxes to hide the sanitary products, but okay. Buying sanitary products is like to buy toothpaste. It's mm-hmm. an essential thing. For example, in Afghanistan, they cannot wash genitals or women can take a bath. And if they do that, they, in general, women will become infertile. Oh, my God, that's so dangerous for health. Mm-hmm. A report by UNICEF and the Afghan Ministry of Education states that more than 70% of Afghan adolescent girls don't shower when they menstruate. About 50 didn't know what menstruation was was before they had their first period. Yeah. It's a lot. Another myth is a girl should not talk about her periods in public. If she does so, she will be shaming publicly. For example, in Malawi, mothers and fathers don't talk to their children about menstruation because it's a top secret. Mm-hmm. And Sometimes it's the aunt who explain to the girls how to make homemade sanitary pads, instruct them not to talk about the, 
their periods in public and not to approach boys. But how is possible? How can one keep it secret from both boys and girls? And why does a girl have to wait until her first period to know more about it? Again, it could be so traumatic. Mm -hmm. You should have information. You should be prepared for this. Yes, can imagine. And you cannot speak with your mom. Yes, and you have to wait for your aunt, and maybe you don't have aunt. Can Can you imagine what a relationship mm -hmm. is it? Yes. In some countries, they believe that foods like curd or tamarind and pickles disturb the menstrual flow, <laughs> but the food you eat doesn't decide the flow of your periods. Okay, it's not one of my favorite myths, but for me it's unbelievable because in some countries, girls having their periods solely sleep in a separate shed or a different room. This is the case of Nepal. In Nepal, a menstruating woman is asked to stay in a cow shed in insulation. This insulation is called chaupadi. And according to the chaupadi, women are forbidden to touch men or even share the same space. The Nepalese parliament in 2017 criminalized the practice of chaupadi insulation, which was banned by the Nepalese judiciary in 2005. Anyone who forced people to practice chaupadi is liable to a fine and imprisonment of up to three months. Because, you know, menstruation is not contagious and causes no harm to anyone <laughs> else in the same room. This is not a disease. <laughs> yes, and there are a lot of women in Nepal that they died because they were in a cow shed. I read an cow article. Shell, really? Cow shell, really? Yes, oh I read God. an article. One girl died because she was insulated outside her home and one snake bit her mm. and she died. Mm -hmm, because nobody mm -hmm. because she was helped menstruation and uh, nobody wanted to help her and oh my god that sounds awful and that's again about lack mm -hmm. of education and why it's so important to talk about it and to change something in this world yes Hello, I'm Mariam and today I'm going to talk about period stigma in Muslim countries. Well, there are numerous ways that period stigma appears in society, especially in a Muslim society. But it's not only because of the Islam or because of the religion. It's all because of the stereotypes toward period in general and toward Muslim women when they have their period, for example. Well, it all started in the simplest way that we cannot talk about it in front of especially men we cannot express it we cannot say that we are having period pain or something like that and can you imagine like we are calling sometimes period with nicknames that's like my aunt came it means like period came this is like a translation from moroccan arabic oh my aunt just came it means like period game we use this nicknames to do not like make it closer career that we have our period it's not because of the religion it's all because of the stereotypes and uh, some uh, limited mentalities in a muslim community if a woman or a girl just want to buy for example a napkin for period we prefer to go to a woman's seller and we feel like so much shy and so much shame that we cannot go to a man's seller and ask can you give me this napkin and especially this size not this size we cannot do that if like someone was forced to go to a shop there was like a man we like say oh can you give me that one behind you like that one oh no 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 
this one. Uh, the other one, yes. And like we put our face down. It's like we are doing something shameful, something we shouldn't do. But it's like our right. And the situation sucks. But nowadays the situation is better and better. For me, I never used to talk with my dad or my brothers about period that I have in my period. And like I have pain or something like that. If they told me why you are, for example, sleeping or why you are like tired or something. We said like, I'm sick. And that's it. I didn't used to say that I am during my period. Like, I never say this when I was young. But nowadays, no. I totally changed because it sucks. It's not why we should, like, hide it, for example. Why we have to hide something that is natural. Something that has nothing to do with religion or something like that. And talking about religion. In Islam, when you have your period, you don't pray and you don't fast. I will start with the prayer thing. We don't pray and, like, we usually get this question, like, from other people who read about Islam why you don't pray and other things some people translated that we don't pray because period is dirty and something like that but the thing is that it's not like because it's dirty but or a rule in Islam that we don't pray because we are during some it's like kind of a respect for the women like we are during some kind of hormone change and everything and also for fasting we don't fast because we can have pain we can have so many things and and yeah so it's kind of matter of a respect more than a matter of being dirty when you have your period but you know like some girls or some women they pretend to pray during their period just to demand in their family on their society to do not say why you don't pray in because they cannot even say like okay i'm not praying because i'm during my period <laughs> do you understand like i'm not praying because i'm during my period but some women and i know like also one of my friends used to do that like she used to wear the clothes for praying and starts like imitating or making it like she's praying but she is not because even if she does it's not accepted because we are during our period and yeah like they do like almost this just to do not um, say that they are during their period and they don't pray they don't want this question or if they just ask them did you pray or something like that they said yes yes we did and he started with the prayer but i will go further to ramadan is the holy month in islam and women and muslim girls during their period we don't fast and also we don't pray during ramadan only when we have our period but like some women like okay uh, me too. I was like that because of the society and because I grown up in a family like this. We grown up like so shy. If you have your period, okay, I have my period. I can eat because I'm not obliged to fast it. Before I go further, I will say like during Ramadan, not only Muslim women and Muslim girls they don't fa they don't fast when they have their period, but also like if you are sick, we don't fast. If you are traveling, you don't fast. If you are the woman, if she is pregnant, she doesn't fast. And so many cases that we don't fast in them. And in, in these cases, it's totally normal, like if you eat in front of other people. But only the unnormal case is that when you have your period, like we hide it. We totally hide that we, we pretend like we pretend that we are fasting. And as I said, I used to do that because of the, the influence of my society, because of the influence of um, my family. I have my period and I have to eat like in a hiding way from my father, from my brother, but only in the men. We are hiding only from men. It's like we are doing something shame or I don't know like it was so much sucks it really was suck and 
yeah, I used to do that. I used to hide and eat. But we sometimes, we don't hide from our, from my mom, my, my sister or like friends or something like that. We don't hide. But we hide from all the people. Like even from the outside world, you have to hide. But it, it doesn't make sense because you are allowed to eat when you have your period. Why you should like eat in a hiding way? Even like uh, a woman can eat in front of her husband. But can you imagine she cannot eat in front of her kids? And the kids cannot eat in front of their parents. It's it doesn't make sense. And in the Quran, it doesn't written like you should eat and hide in a way or something like that. But we fast from uh, uh, sunrise until sunset during this period. So and sometimes we like woke up before sunrise to make to eat a dish like to eat something we call sahur before we start our fast. And in this period of time, we have a prayer. Usually, some people like go to the mosque during Ramadan and pray during this period, even if it is early. Like some women, like they go to the mosque with their parents to them to do not recognize that they are not fasting and they have their period. It was the situation and it's still somehow in most, in majority of the families. I totally like I was when the first years of my period came, I was like doing the same thing, but not anymore because it's totally sucks. And why? Like I would have to feel shame or saying I have my period. If I'm sick or like why? Why I have to say I'm sick if I have my period? Why I have to hide and eat during Ramadan? If my religion give me the right to eat, then I have to eat in front of all people, like sick people do, like, I don't know, pregnant people do. Kids, for example, why only Muslims, women and girls who have their period, they should hide and eat? They should mm, pretend to pray because they have their period. It really doesn't make sense. Muslim women are really over period shaming during Ramadan or during during all the year long. And yeah, I forgot to say something. Well, there is a belief that the women are impure during their period is a cultural one and not a strict religion one. Similar taboos surrounding menstruation exist among several other religions like Jewish and Christian and Buddhism and all these things. But also in Islam, it's not written in the Quran or like nothing in the Islam that say that women are impure or are dirty during their period. And generally, we don't have like this kind of thing that women are really dirty or something like that. Of course, there are in some families that they feel the woman is dirty. It can be the stereotypes in the country. It can be all the misunderstanding or the wrong culture or something like that. But in nothing in Islam that show this. Okay, talking in a religious way, when you see your religion has nothing to do with this, but your country, your society, the Muslims, people, like they are doing this, it really sucks. And we really should make something toward this. Like everyone, everyone in their home, like if you are a girl, if you are a woman and hearing this, you really should move. You should take the first move. Because the situation, okay, you're, you are stuck in this situation and you said the situation should change, but we should start from ourselves because really the situation sucks. If we said that we are living in a male-dominated society because they are controlling everything, they are like even in period, we cannot have the right to say we are during our period, but we have to change it. And if we have to change, we have to to make step by step we have to be the first change we shouldn't always expect change from others we should be the change we should talk about ourselves why you have to feel ashamed if you have your own period it's natural it's something created in you why you have to be like this why you have to change it so yeah i just want to mention that if you see the situation in muslim countries like this really shame to talk about period about period need it's not the islam because 
most important period are seen as a natural process in Islam. The opposite, Islam gives so many like value to the woman during her period. Okay, we understand that you are, for example, in a, a hormonetic change and you can have pain and all of this stuff. Okay, it's for you. Don't pray, don't fast and don't do like other stuff because you need like rest. You need so many other things. And if anyone just say like the opposite, it's only the stereotypes, only the stupid culture, actually. Nothing has to do with Islam. And yeah, that's it. I hope it was useful. And thank you. But of course, also that's true that uh, myths do not only exist in developing countries. In the Western wealthy world, there are also a lot. So let's discuss briefly just some other assumptions. First one, you should avoid activities like exercise and sex when you are on your period. But what can I say? Stop using your period as an excuse to skip your run <laughs> or lay on the couch all the day. Yes, for sure you can have painful period. Yeah, of course it depends. Yeah, for some people it's uh, harder, for some it's not so difficult to yes. overcome it. But exercise actually helps relieve mm -hmm. symptoms associated with your period and it can make you feel better, concentrate more easily and feel energized. And it can also easy pain such as cramps, back pain and headaches. You also don't need to avoid having sex. In fact, sex can actually make you feel good by releasing dopamine or oxytocin, pleasurable hormones that make sex a natural mood elevator. Of course, it's not like the rule, you know, for everyone. No, yes. If you are not feeling well, it's it doesn't mean you should go to and yeah, you run can, or exercise. Exactly. You can do it, but if you don't want to do it, it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's not you have to stop your activities because you are mm -hmm. on period. No. Yeah, that's true. just because really often I also uh -huh. heard that women just say, not because we're really feeling badly, just, okay, I'm on my period, I cannot go to the gym. But mm -hmm. why? <laughs> exactly. So, an hour misconception is that you can't get pregnant during your period. The fact that's not true, of course. Don't ditch the condoms just because you're on your period. Your chances of getting pregnant while on your period are slim, but they're still there. And don't forget STDs. Yes, for sure. Menstrual cycle happens because your body is preparing for pregnancy by releasing an egg and thickening the lining of your uterus. And many people think that once your body sheds this lining, you can get pregnant. While it's technically true that you cannot get pregnant while this is happening, sperm can live in your body for up to five days. That means that any sperm that enters your body can stay alive throughout your period as well as after, at which point it's completely possible for you to get pregnant. If you are having sex and don't want to get pregnant, use protection, whatever you're on your period or not. And also, yes, as you said, STDs. <laughs> and last Premenstrual syndrome or PMS is all in your head, my favorite. And the <laughs> fact is, no, that's not true. <laughs> Premenstrual syndrome or PMS is a combination of symptoms associated with menstruation and it causes symptoms such as irritability, anxiety or feelings of sadness before 
or during your period. Over 90% of women experience at least one symptom when they're on their period. For some women, PMS may be mild, but for others, it may cause you to miss work or school because they're so severe. In either case, uh, it's caused by hormones which are completely out of control. It's not in our head and it's perfectly normal. Yes, if you want to cry, cry. If you want to laugh, laugh. And if you want to stay Shout. all day <laughs> in the sofa, you can do it. It's your right. Yeah, for sure. And what about getting days off when we are on period? What about it? <laughs> A 2012 study found that 20% of women experience periods painful enough to interfere with daily activities. Sometimes I have this kind of painful I can mm -hmm. understand. Japan has offered menstrual leave policies since 1947. It was the first country when a law was passed allowing any woman with painful periods or whose job might exacerbate period pain to take time off. Although all companies in Japan have to give women period leave when they request it, they are not required to pay. Mm -hmm. South Korea granted women menstrual leave in 2001, though the policy has since come under fire from men who see it as a form of reverse discrimination. Mm -hmm. And in Indonesia, women are entitled to two days off a month for period pain, but the policy is poorly enforced. In China and India, provinces and companies are increasingly adopting menstruation leave policies with a range of entitlements. But women in general don't use this policy. Mm -hmm. Because we are saying all the program is not a disease. Yes, yes, that's why it's controversial. Yes, like, exactly. Okay, sounds good. But at the same time, I understand for some that's really, really a problem. Mm -hmm. I mean, some women feel a lot of pain and even like headache or something. I understand this, but that's also, you know, we are fighting for our rights. And at the same time, I agree that's also kind of discrimination. I don't know, it's complicated. Yes, it's controversial because I accept we, maybe we have to have more days. Mm -hmm. to, we can have these painful periods. But yes, it's controversial because in countries that they have this period of leave, feminists are split, like your opinion. Mm -hmm. Is this policy a step back or is a sign of progress? Who yes, knows? yes, kind of both mm -hmm. <laughs> for me. Yes, and there are people that they say it's necessary, right? And they compare this policy with a maternity leave. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I also thought about this. Hmm. Probably, yes, they're right. But I don't know. I don't have my opinion about this topic. It's a bit controversial because probably it could also even more stigmatize the top. Not stigmatize. I don't know how to explain. Like, for example, we already told about politicians who mm -hmm. real often use this argument. In this case... They also can say, what's the point to hire women if you can hire men and you, in this case, uh, will not have to pay for his days off, extra days off. So. Yes, 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 yes. I think the most important thing is normalize. If we aren't feel good because we are on period, 
It's easy to call our boss or our company to say, I can't go because I'm on period and I don't feel well. Yeah, for sure. If there are men, they have headache or fever or they don't feel well, they don't lie. And why we are high or... Yeah, for sure. Yes, symptoms. that's a like, basic right. We should talk about it and not be shamed. So, unfortunately, time is up. As usual, really fast. <laughs> We could continue talking about this topic for hours, I guess. <laughs> But let's make a conclusion, Maite. For me, menstrual products should be free of charge or cheaper. Oh, we have to break myth around menstruation. And I think to break this myth, to have more sex education in schools and also in our homes, because I think that is a problem of lack of sex education. And the most important thing is speak up and normalize that menstruation is a natural and biological process. Yeah, that's true. And uh, dear listener, if you are a man, just pay attention. You also should know more about uh, this process and don't be ashamed to go to the supermarket to buy pets for your sister or girlfriend or whoever. What else can I add? <laughs> no, anything else. Maybe we can finish <laughs> the program because I watched a video, a TED Talk, and it was a man speaking about menstruation, and he finished his speech saying, P for periods and M for menstruation. <laughs> P for periods. M for menstruation. <laughs> and it was funny, but it's true. We have to normalize. Yes, I totally agree. So, dear listeners, thank you for listening to us. Listen to the next episode of Sex Education in December. See you next time. Bye.